The Pat Kenny Show with MasterCard. Share an extraordinary experiences all over the world with priceless cities at priceless.com. This is News Talk. Pete the Vet, good morning to you, sir. Good morning, Jonathan. A dog control statistics for 2018. Now, mm. they're, they're largely overlooked, I'd imagine, by the vast majority, but you've been looking into them. And, and there's been a big drop in the number of animals being put down in local authority pounds. Why? Well, this has been going on. It's, it's come, the, the statistics come out every summer for the previous year. And so people in the business like myself, like vets and like animal rescue groups, we pay close attention to these. And back in 2002, over 21,000 dogs were killed every year. Over 21,000, which is way too many. That's way ahead of international norms. So what happened then was there was a, the various stakeholders involved got together to create something called the National Stray Dog Forum. That was vets, animal rescue groups, guards, government officials, any, anybody interested in this topic. And what we did is we all sat down and said what we need to do is tackle this properly and we worked out half a dozen action plans to, to reduce the number of dogs that are being euthanized in the pounds and that included compulsory microchipping and that did indeed become law um, four years ago it included closer liaison between dog pounds and animal rescue groups and that's been really critical to this it's probably made the biggest difference of all and as well as that it included um, better education the public about the importance of spaying and neutering and a nationwide subsidized spay and neuter scheme that was established by dogs trust charity so all of those things put together um have done what we wanted to do. And the numbers mm, reduced from over 21,000 dogs being euthanized to, to now less than 800 dogs every year. Which is good. It's I mean, much, it's much better. It's sad, obviously, that that many dogs are still being put down. I remember one of the first stories I, I worked on as a cub reporter, pardon the pun, uh, was uh, an animal home that was actually electrocuting dogs because they couldn't afford to euthanize them using medicine. Oh, so we've dear. come a long way, haven't we, in the we, intervening time? We certainly have. I mean, it still means that I mean, there used to be 400 dogs a week being put down. Now there's only 15. It still is 15 too many, you could say. Although I would, I would add that of those 15 dogs, some of them are very difficult ones to solve because they could be, for example, dogs that are hopelessly aggressive and impossible to rehome. They could be dogs that are um, desperate uh, escapees and, and, and sheep killers and, you know, situations where it's actually very, very, very difficult indeed to find somewhere good for those animals. And euthanasia, you see, is, is painless. And if, I think there are some animals that we just have to accept don't fit in with our society and have to be, you know, quietly let go. It still should yeah. be avoided at all costs. But there probably is, just like there's a minimal level of, of unemployment, there probably is a minimal level of um, dogs having to be euthanized. And, you know, but we are getting close to that, which is the good news. Yeah, dog licences. Um, mm. uh, microchipping is great, but it tends to be the responsible dog owners that go for the chip and that go for the dog licence. And, and enforcement is particularly weak but that's, on the dog licence. That's one it? of the other interesting things about the dog control statistics, because these are basically, it's all the information that, that local authorities gather about um, dog, dog control, and they put them all into this report. So it includes all the information about dog licences. And they reckon there's probably something like 450,000 dogs in Ireland, um, maybe even more. But there's only 200,000 dog licenses issued. So what that means is that most people are dodging it and most people aren't having their dogs licensed. As well as that, every dog is meant to be microchipped and considerably less than half of dogs are microchipped. So these are laws that are not being enforced. Hmm. 
I mean, how, how expensive is it to, to license your dog? I mean, it, obviously, TV license costs you a lot per year, but is a, is a dog license once off? It's 20 euros per year. 20 euros a year for each dog. And that money goes straight to local authorities. It goes straight to the dog control system. It yeah, funds you're, you're not going to get into trouble over it. Why would you pay the 20 quid? I mean, again, we're back to enforcement, aren't we? We are. And that's one of the interesting things that come out, comes out of this report, is that in some areas, like Kerry and Cavan, over... 11 dog licenses are issued per 100 people. Um, Whereas in other areas, it's right down at two licenses per 100 people. And the the reason for that is that some areas are just better at enforcing it. And you can see that because they also publish the number of um, on-the-spot fines for not having a dog license. And there are, like, for example, in Cork County, which has a high level of dog license um, compliance, they issued 426 fines on the spot, whereas in many other counties, they issued no on-the-spot fines. So, you know, mm. there's a direct link there. Um, and Between the other where thing, you live and the likelihood of being caught. Yeah, and that's, exactly. that, that is the truth. Go on briefly, because we need to move to our questions. Sure. The other thing, very quickly, is just that um, the high level of dog licences leads to financial success for the dog pens in each area. And the ones that have high compliance make a surplus, whereas the ones that have very poor compliance of dog licence, they make a big loss, which then the government mm. has to pay for. So really what dog. has to happen is people have to up their act. They have to increase compliance for dog licences and microchip. If we do that, then the, do- the dog pounds will be, will be financially successful and dog control will be better in this country. And don't that's what we should be trying to do. F- don't be coming in here with your fancy common sense, <laughs> Pete the Vet. That'll never happen. Uh, Mick is in Lickslip. Uh, could Pete the Vet give advice in relation to deafness that seems to have presented itself in the last few months with our King Charles? He seems to hear nothing when we call or walk up behind him or even sleeping. Is there a test we can do or is it something that can't be resolved? There is a test you can do. It's, it's, it's called the Brainstem Auditory Evoked Response Stimulus. And you, you have to go to a specialist centre where they connect up electrodes to your dog's head, they make a noise and they register the brain response. Now, it's not worth doing that, frankly, because there's not much you can do about a dog getting deaf. It's just something which happens with old age in most cases. It's well worthwhile going to your vet, get them checked out. The vet will do some simple tests, much as you've done, like clapping their hands, uh, making squeaky toys to see does the dog respond. But what the vet will also do, importantly, is look down the ear with an oroscope and make sure there's not wax blocking the ear canal, which can actually cause deafness. And if your dog has just gone deaf because of old age, which is most likely, well then, unfortunately, there's not much you can do. We don't have hearing aids for dogs yet. Um, So it's just a case of adapting. Um, And there are some very good websites, actually, about living with a deaf dog. If you just Google living with a deaf dog, you'll find some great information on what you can do to make Mm. both your lives easier. Uh, Stephen says, I have a St. Bernard. He's not putting on any weight. What would you suggest? I'm presuming Stephen therefore thinks his dog is underweight. Yeah, it sounds like he does. Um, well, I mean, I'd, su- I'd suggest the first thing, you don't really want to hear this, Stephen, but you should go to your vet and get the dog weighed and get the, the dog assessed properly. There's a long, long list of medical problems that can cause dogs not to put on weight, and that would include enzyme deficiencies, um, dietary sensitivities, um, and simp- even the most simple things like worming, if you're not worming your dog regularly. There's quite a long list of medical causes, and the vet would help you sort those out. They'd weigh your dog, they'd have you back a month later and weigh your dog again, and that way you can work, work out how to, how to solve this problem. My one-year-old golden retriever scratches herself all the time and sometimes eats her own poo. I work and treat her for fleas uh, from the vet every month uh, without fail. I've recently changed her food to a higher protein grain-free diet, hoping it will help. Uh, I mean, eating of the own poo, is that just something disgusting that dogs occasionally do? Dogs dogs aren't um, fastidious like 
cats uh, or humans, and they just eat anything. About not eating their own no, feces. They, they just eat anything that they can get into their mouths. So, you know, what you have to do there is prevent your dog from getting poo into its mouth, and that means keeping your dog on a leash. I love these long leashes, you know, like five metres long leashes that you can get, mm. so you can take your dog for a walk, but you can still have them under leash control, and that's how you have to control a dog like that. As far as the itchiness is concerned, well, again, there's a long, long, long list of, of causes of itchiness. Fleas are only one, and it sounds to me like you've ruled out fleas. So you then are into the, the realm of um, allergies to pollens and dusts, um, and food allergy perhaps, and a higher protein grain-free diet will make absolutely no difference whatsoever, because that's not what it's about. It's about an allergy to a specific protein. And so it means talking to your vet about a particular type of hypoallergenic diet that's designed to exclude all proteins and that way your your dog won't be allergic to it Um, there's a kind of fad for grain free people think somehow that grains make dogs itch they absolutely do not they don't Grain-free makes no difference whatsoever to 99.999% of dogs. I don't know why people like to feed it to their dogs. It's some sort of thing mm. people have in their heads that it's natural or something. It's rubbish. Um, yeah, just, well, just, it's probably it's probably written, they read it somewhere. And as a rule, they're going to try <laughs> it's it. one of those internet myths, I'm afraid. Mm. Yeah. Uh, one last one uh, from Lorraine and Mayo. I have questions about a cat. We took it nearly a year ago. We think she's between one and two years old, but she keeps clawing everything around the house, doesn't really sleep. What can we do about the clawing and the sleeping? I mean, a cat that doesn't sleep that's pretty unusual um cats most cats have to sleep just like most humans well all humans perhaps your cat's sleeping at times you don't realize it's sleeping anyway um the main thing i'd be concerned about here again is a medical problem um in particular there's a common disease called hyperthyroidism which is an overactive thyroid gland and when cats have that what happens is they they just are hyperactive. It's like the accelerator pedal is pressed down on their metabolism all the time, um, and they they are just doing everything all the time everywhere. And um, it's treated with a daily tablet, um, as well as there are other ways of treating it as well. But it has to be diagnosed first of all, and that's a job for your vet to do that. As far as the clawing around, clawing everything in the house, well, I'd be asking you: Do you provide anything for your cat to claw on? Cats claw, they scratch things. That's how they mark their territory. It's a natural behaviour they have, and you have to make sure your, cha- your cat has an opportunity to do that. So having but a imagine, really- Look, hang on, hang on. Cats are like humans. Some of them are just going to be gits, and maybe <laughs> your cat has, is a git. It just wants to scratch everything. You can give it a climbing frame, but it'll still scratch your sofa. No, it won't. You get it a really good... <laughs> you get a really good scratching post, and I mean one that's like three or four foot high, so your cat can reach up high and scratch down the way. Then that will fulfil your cat's scratching needs, and they, they'll leave your sofa alone. We live in hope. Peter, the best pleasure <laughs> always. You're doing a Facebook Live thing, yeah, so on um, fa- Facebook.com forward slash News FM. Right now, we're going to do that. Yep. Very good. All right, Pete the Vet, thank you very much for joining us. 